0: Have you realized yet that your purpose in life is constantly evolving? The thing is, it can only evolve, grow, and expand to the extent you're willing to do the work to heal. That's why I've created a transformative half-day virtual event designed for purpose chasers who want to integrate their authentic selves in every aspect of their life. Together, we're going to co-create conversations around reflecting on current patterns, amplifying your genuine desires, prioritizing fulfillment over the facade of what you should do, and we'll talk about achieving actual tangible results. I believe our work together will have a profound impact on your life as we break you out of autopilot, scale your potential, and set you up to attract everything you say you desire. Plus, this space will be an enjoyable and supportive environment for new connections with like-hearted purpose chasers from all over the world. Together, we will laugh, dance, and maybe cry, but we'll be doing the work together. If this speaks to your soul and you want to detox and release what's no longer serving you so you can live fully in the pillars of redefining wealth, tickets are currently complimentary for this half day of coaching, training, and co-creating a new blueprint for your heart's desires directly with me. So grab your ticket today at patricewashington.com slash soul detox. That's patricewashington.com slash soul detox.
1: Grieving has no timeline. You could have divorced an individual 25 years ago, and it's the 25th year, and you realize, oh my God, there was this internal dream that I had. And you begin to cry. Because you realize it never happened for me.
0: You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, we sit down with the chief grief crusader, Herdine Mercier. She says it's time to stop policing grief. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. I am really excited about this conversation today. Not only is it a continuation of our conversation from last week, which was a rewind episode all about mental health. This is a continuation to that, still about mental health, because I'm telling you guys, I keep hearing and seeing the need for this, and I want to make sure that this is a safe space to have the dialogue. And so you know, if you've just been paying any amount of attention to what's been going on during this global pandemic, that people are grieving in so many different ways, not just from the alarming number of deaths, especially here in the US, but from the loss of jobs, the loss of 401k or other retirement funds, the loss of you know the normalcy of your kids going to school and having that time that you might have to drive to work or um decompress if you work from home or just any of the things, right? Life as we know it is just not the same right now. And what we've seen a lot of in social media is shaming people for how they're processing and just going through Life with this type of change. And I invited her Dean on to just help us talk about it a little bit. Well, a lot of it. <laughs> if you are an OG listener or purpose chaser, this wouldn't be the first time that you've heard the name her Dean Mercier. Uh, she is from my Purpose to Platform community. Uh, she was also in my Mastery Momentum Mastermind program, but you heard her husband, Jameson Mercier, during the Love Looks Like support episode around Valentine's Day back in February. And so now you get to put these two brilliant Haitians together. (laughs) Um, Because yeah, so much value, so much wisdom. And I'm just going to jump right in. If you know of anyone who you believe is grieving a job loss, the normalcy, the, what they felt like 2020 should look like because we know people came into this year with big plans and now things may have taken a little turn. I encourage you to share this episode. Also, please rate and review. I love reading your reviews each and every week. If you're an OG listener, Purpose Chaser, thank you so much for coming back week after week. And if you're brand new here and you're trying to figure out why is this a personal finance related Podcast talking about grief. Well, we actually believe that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions around here. We subscribe to the original definition of wealth, which is the condition of well being. And so, if you are not mentally well right now, it is going to be very hard to do the things that allow you to actually create wealth. So, we have to talk about the other parts of life which impact how we relate to our money. And The fit pillar, which is our first pillar and being mentally fit is definitely a part of the conversation. So if you're new, I invite you to head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here and you'll get a free audio training that breaks down all six of our pillars of wealth so that you can be caught up because of course you're going to subscribe, right? Yeah, go ahead and subscribe and that way you'll be a part of an amazing community um, of folks that believe the same, that it's so much more than just money. All right, let me give you her Dean's formal bio. Her Dean Mercier is a licensed clinical social worker, certified grief coach, and transformational speaker. She is also the host of the Redefining Grief podcast. Her Dean's life calling is to create non-judgmental spaces for broken hearts to heal so purposeful living can be restored. She believes that happiness and sadness can exist in a delicate balance. Her dean is committed to redefining how we as a society understand grief. She defines grief as being a normal and natural reaction to any loss or change in normalcy. Without further ado, here's my conversation with dean, Mercier. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast,
1: Herdeen. Hi, coach. I'm so excited. <laughs>
0: oh, my gosh. I'm so grateful for this moment.
1: I know. Yeah. Even have me go there right now. No, we're not. We don't have to go there right now, I know. but
0: very grateful for this moment. You know, we just pray before we start it. And the thing that always comes to mind is how you talk about running across the podcast or an ad for the podcast on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how that brought you into my community and you've been such a light Mm -hmm. in so many ways. And I knew when you did a session for us at Mastery and Momentum Mm -hmm. and talked about grief, Mm -hmm. I knew that this day when you would be on the podcast was coming. The day that you walked us as a mastermind through the grief process, I knew I didn't know that a global pandemic would be the catalyst, but I knew that your wisdom needed to be heard. And I'm so glad as your coach and purpose to platform, (laughs) I'm so glad that you are finally fully embracing it because man, does the world need you right now?
1: I know, Patrice. And when I went back memory lane to kind of just kind of sit in the space this morning during my faith pillar time, can you believe I'm saying that, my faith pillar time? (laughs) And I went back to the ad Not even just the ad, but the post that I posted. I said, what was it that attracted me to that ad? A lot of ads come across my phone. And I went back to the day that morning. It was in January of 2018. I was just in despair because I had everything. I had the loving husband, amazing kids, amazing wisdom circle, but I was lacking in purpose and understanding what that meant to me. So I did what I knew to do best, talk to God. And I had a mommy and me day that day. And I went shopping in Marshalls. And when I went to Marshalls, I was just like, God, you know, wisdom is my favorite word. Just show me the sign. Show me the sign. Allow me to meet the individual that is gonna freely give me the wisdom. And what I mean freely, share it open heartedly. And as I was exiting, got some things from Marshall's. I was exiting and I saw a cup, the very last cup on the shelf. It said wisdom. And I said, I knew God. I knew you he uh-huh. heard me. Checked out, came home, and then the ad came across my screen. And I saw, I was like, who's this beautiful lady in the chair with her hands on her cheek? And then I saw Brandy Harvey. And you know me, Patrice. I'm not attracted to names like, mm-hmm. like that. I didn't know who you were, but I, I kind of put Harvey together with Brandy. Thought, oh, maybe that's his daughter. But it what made me go and find the podcast, it said, seek wisdom. hmm That was the thing that I was praying for. And that's why that episode will always be number one for me, because I knew God heard my prayers in that time. I knew he heard it. And so thank you for being such a beacon of light. You know, I always tell you, I prayed for a business Harriet Tubman and her name is Mrs. Patrice Washington. Oh, her dean. I know. I know.
0: Oh, okay. So clearly, uh, we have a lot of love for each other. So we just go. <laughs> <move on. laughs> but I, I invited you to the podcast for such a time as this because I've watched you really embrace your call. As is it the grief. Chief, Chief Grief Crusader? Chief Grief Crusader. The Chief Grief Crusader. And, you know, I have my own story about when I was younger, seeing a funeral procession mm-hmm. and feeling really badly that it was short mm-hmm. and thinking to myself, like, why didn't, like, so did they not impact people? <laughs> like, and I was in elementary school and I was blown. I I just, I could not believe it. and And it made me want to do something with my life that would impact enough people so that when I check out of here, people will be concerned. Mm-hmm. And what really struck me about your story is when you started to share that from a very young age, you had a fascination with funerals and, and death. Yeah. Can you take us back? Because that I think that was the seed. That was the beginning of you actually becoming at this point in your life, Chief Grief Crusader?
1: I think I can go as far as back as my mind can remember, six or seven, when my parents would say someone had died at the church or a family member had died, I made it my business to go. Like I would beg them, if they left me home, which was rare, I would cry. Like, no, how dare you not take me to a funeral? I know. And then I thought in going that maybe I was meant to be a mortician. And so, but what I learned was throughout the years, looking back, I go back to one of my favorite scriptures that says, it is better to go to the house of mourning than to a house of feasting because death is the destiny of everyone and the living shall take it to heart. That's Ecclesiastic seven verse two. And it hit me three years ago. Oh my God. That's what I was doing as a kid. I was learning. Patrice, I learned a a man would never put his hands on me. Why? Because I saw a woman in a casket where a man had taken her life. Nope, not me. Patrice, I learned that when I get married, if my husband's wife doesn't love me, I will not marry him. That was one of the very first things I said to Jameson. Why? I went to a funeral where you can see the discord in the family. Like you can see drama field sitting on separate sides of the church drama. The husband's throughout. mom. Yes. Um. Drama throughout. And I remember thinking, oh no, my funeral will not be like that. My mother in love is going to love me. So all of my life lessons, I have driven four and five hours to funerals of individuals I did not know. I heard their story, Mm -hmm. but I had to attend so it could put an imprint of my heart, making that list of never or yes, this will happen for me. Wow. Wow. I don't
0: think I've ever thought of those well, I think maybe I have because I have sat in funerals where it was a little it was a little tight. There was a little, <laughs> a little tension in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, you know, you have to be more verbal about like squashing things or dealing with family disagreements or not be so afraid of confrontation while people are living, because once it's like once it's done, it's done and you don't have an opportunity to go back. Mm -hmm. So I think I have taken that away. But what I love about who you are today is that in Redefining Grief in your podcast, you talk a lot about the fact that grief is a natural response to loss. And what really strikes me about Redefining Grief is it turns this whole thing on its head. Because while that was your introduction Mm -hmm. to the concept of grief, You've taught me that people have a right to grieve anything. Yes. And they do. And so right now in the midst of this global pandemic, can you talk to us about some of the things that people may be grieving and they don't even understand that it's grief that they're experiencing?
1: One of the things I can say is normalcy. That schedule. Maybe you going into work, that's gone. You're home now. Maybe it's the normalcy of you passing on your kids to the teacher and that's no longer possible. So now you have the job hat, you have the teacher hat, you have the mom hat, you have so many hats that you're wearing because the normalcy is gone of your day-to-day schedule. Let me say this, in creating an environment where your normalcy has been pulled, the rug has been pulled from under you you have to now deal with the mask. And the mask could be, was your job your way of not really dealing with your husband? And now that's, that was your escape. The mask could be, oh shoot, a lot of what I believe I should be or am came from a title that I got from my job. That's gone right now. People are nervous. People are fearful. There's so many reasons why people grieve. A pet loss, divorce, and, and grieving has no timeline. I need to tell you this, Patrice. You could have divorced an individual 25 years ago, and it's the 25th year, and you realize, oh my God, there was this internal dream that I had, and you begin to cry or however you process grief, because you realize it never happened for me. So now you're grieving again because you never got to that 25th year wedding anniversary. renewal.
0: Let me ask you a question because this is something I've been pondering. Could an event like this rehash many things that you never grieved properly?
1: Yes. For example, finances. If you had any unresolved grief around your parents' finances, the way your parents looked at money, and you decided, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to get an education, I'm going to do everything that I need to do to make sure that I am successful and don't look like them, you're nervous right now. Because you hear a lot of people saying to nurses, "There might be furlough. What? I was told that as a nurse, my job was secure. So I looked for safety in that, top, in that role. So it's, it may not be. There's so many other reasons. You may be grieving, like I said, the relationship. You may be grieving the fact that you can now cannot have an actual funeral for someone that just passed away. You may be grieving that you were not by your mom or your father's side during this time. So there's a lot of things that are coming up that may be hitting you with your past, your present, that now may be paralyzing your future if you don't do something about that unresolved grief.
0: So let's talk about doing something because you have five anchors that you talk about over on your podcast. Before I jump into the anchors, though, I want to I want to say this. One of the things that I'm seeing quite a bit in social media in particular is a lot of judgment around how people are dealing with their grief. For example. You have one school of thought where people are like, you got all the free time. So push, push, make it happen, make it happen. Now, I personally process things by, by pushing. That's my personal thing. Like it just, for me, I rarely ball up and and just say, I can't can't do it, but that is literally how I process.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, or if I do go through needing to cry or feeling whatever emotions I'm feeling, For me, it's kind of short-lived and I don't think it's intentional. I think I talked about this when Brandy was at the live podcast taping, Mm -hmm. where I was like, "Mm, I'm still practicing feeling all of my emotions. I'm kind of at this point trained maybe to just move. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who need the encouragement to keep moving. Right. Like there are some people who actually need it because if they didn't have someone like a me, they may just stop and do absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. But then there's other people that need the time. They need the time to disconnect, to sleep, to cry it out, to do whatever those things are and maybe be still. But I feel like there's no judgment on either hand, because both of those work based on who you are and how you process. What are your feelings about just how people process? And I know we're going to get to the anchors, but also just the the judgment piece. Like, I feel like we should give people the dignity of their own process.
1: You know, one of the things I want to say is I need to make a shirt and walk around with my shirt. You know, I'm big about branding that says, stop policing my grief. Oh, that's good. Stop policing my grief. Stop policing my grief. Why? None of us are immune. From heartache. None of us are immune from experience, the grief that surrounds us. Why? Because grieving is normal. Grieving is natural. However, we're taught to grind, we're taught to put it under the rug. We're taught, don't talk about it. From the age of a little kid, we're taught, why are you crying? We're taught that tears are not okay. And the beauty of my gifts, I give you permission to cry. I give you permission to be sad. I strongly believe that there is a delicate balance that we can have to be have emotional well-being. And that is happiness and sadness. Allow it to flow through you. You know, when we talked about me becoming the chief grief crusader, Patrice, I remember just like, oh, I had a moment where I talked to you and I was crying. I was just like, "But what about wife All that time, all that effort, and I was just crying about my my career because I was I'm I was so excited about the wife mentor. I was so excited about wife in the brand. I was so the attorney Marissa Grace and all that work and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I cried. And I think I took about two months where I just checked out. I didn't really check in to purpose the platform. We were a part of our mastermind group. I just needed that time. Did I need two months? Not really. But for me, I needed that time because I knew that, okay, God, if you want me to do this, I'm gonna need all of you. So I am going to go into my faith pillar. And I'm gonna go back, Patrice. Remember when we were a part of the mastermind group? I was coming in whole hard, just ready to work the work pillar. Yeah. And I was talking to God and God said to me, I need you to check in with me like you check your shoes for spiders. Hmm. He's the only one that knows I check my shoes for spiders. Why? As a child. I was watching some movie where they had all these spiders everywhere and That was around the time they have all these shows with sharks and all of this stuff. But this was a spider one. And the spider went into the shoe of the lady and the lady put on her shoes and the lady died. For some reason, that's created a habit in me that before I put on my shoes, if it's been there a while, I step on it and kill the spider and keep it moving. But I knew God was speaking to me because not even Jameson knows I check my shoes for spider. <laughs> and so I knew I need, I said, okay, I'm going to check in. And I went hard on my faith pillar. I went hard. And I remember telling you in grieving wifehoods, what's sexy about grief? Who's going to really want to hear about grief? And da 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 da. And I kept going on. And you're like, I was like, I can't find anyone that looks like me that talks about grief. I don't have a guide. I remember telling you that. Crying. I was weeping. But when I took on the challenge of saying, I'm going to wear this because it was my calling. Boy, the floodgates of heaven opened up for me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: When my sister Earl early called and said, you found it. You got it. When my cousins are like, girl, you were born for this. We knew this since you were little. Like they saw it before I saw it. When your husband tells you, you remind me of Oprah and I'm Steadman. Come I on, know. Dr. J. <laughs> I don't know what to say, is that I'm ready to take it on, but I had to be okay with grieving it. I had to be okay with what am I really feeling? I was feeling, is this gonna be another letdown? I tried Mary Kay.
0: <laughs> I think we all tried, Mary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I tried Mary Kay. I've tried rifidence. I've tried other things. But we, we, Jameson and I call it stupid tax, but now I'm changing that word to wisdom tax. Oh yeah. They were wisdom tax that I was taking or wisdom steps that I was taking because once I said yes to this, once this little girl said yes, and the reason I call them anchors to remind me my dad had a dream for us. He got on a small little boat got in that boat and took a risk on his life to cross the shark infested waters to give this baby girl a chance. He didn't even know my name. Mm -hmm. He didn't even know what I looked like. But his dream was big enough to get in that boat. And then when he got in that boat, he worked his tail off. And sent for my mother to take the same. He knew the risk. He saw people die. His own brother brother was eaten by a shark trying to take on that dream. But he said it was worth it because he had a bigger dream. So I can't stop dreaming, Patrice. Mm -hmm. My dream and faith is all I have. And that's why I preach. If you deal with the unresolved grieves, baby, baby, the world would open up to you. There is power in grieving. Uh, There's these myths out there that tell you you should grieve alone. That's a damn lie. You shouldn't. You should grieve in community. Why do you think people come together for a funeral? uh, There's other myths. You shouldn't feel bad. It's okay to feel sad sad it's okay to say this hurts like hell it's okay to ask god the question of why why do i feel like you have left me i'm a visual learner patrice and so when i talked to god i said okay god if you want me to do this faith thing i'm gonna need you and this is what i'm going to need to do and i heard the scripture say faith of the mustard seed immediately I'm obedient. When he says move, I move. I may be chicken. I may get the bubbles in my stomach, but I move. Mm -hmm. I went to Jameson and I said, baby, I need you to build me a garden on the side of the house. I'm going to call that garden, my reflection garden. He asked no questions. We went to home Depot. He built the garden for me, two beds. I begin planting seeds. Why? I'm a visual learner. And every seed that I plant in my garden that grows on their own time, I know God is still listening. I know God still hears my prayer. And when I plant things in the garden, that's just my time with him. Those are my requests. And when they sprout, I know he hears me. hmm I know he hears my prayers. I remember the time because you became my Thursday ritual. So January, I started listening. I let you know, I believe in giving people's flowers while they are alive. So I remember tagging you and I couldn't sleep that night after hearing that episode. And I tagged you and then I went to bed. And April came. I was complaining again to God. I said, God, my husband, he's really amazing. He spent all these years. We struggled financially for it. Our lights have been turned off. We had our car repoed. We lost our house. It was eight years, 14 days after having Jason. I was back to work because he could not find a job with a master's degree. You talk about grief? Mm-hmm. I already have grief around issues around money. That I'm working through, and so 14 days after having Jason, I turn him over to Jam- Jameson because he's the stay-at-home dad, and I go back to work. 30 days after having my firstborn, I turn Azriel over to Jason and I, um, to Jameson, and I went to work. I was the only one able to find the job, but I said to, I said this, I said, God, He works so hard. He worked so hard. I I supported him. I I did everything I know to do as a wife, a loving and supportive wife, because we have this thing I said to him. I said, if I am the same person. The first when we walked down the aisle, you failed me as a husband. Mm. This relationship here is about growth. So I'm going to check in. And if I'm the same person, five, 10, 13 years later, you I failed myself, I failed you, but you failed me as a husband because you're not planting any seeds to make me grow. And I remember saying, God, what else as a wife I can do? You know what he told me, Patrice? On April, 2018, He said, I won't bless your husband until you do what I told you to do. Mm -hmm. You know know what I got from that? Immediately, I said, okay, God, who, who? I I have been trying, I've been seeking. We've been burnt by coaches. I know what it feels like to invest. I don't have an issue investing, but I don't want to feel that hurt again from a coach. And I w- what about that lady I listen to every Thursday? She doesn't say anything about coaching, but let me go into her DM. And I said, excuse me, do you, I, I'm looking for coaching. Do you offer coaching? And then that's when you shared the site and it was history from there. But I moved because he knew I loved my husband. And the truth is, If Jameson had gotten to a place of success, my honest truth, Patrice, is the world would have never known me as her Dean Mercier, the redefining grief expert. Because his success would have created my laziness.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can see that in us. Yep. In Gerald and I, you know? Mm -hmm. Like that truly all things came together and just happened as they should. Mm -hmm. But in order to get there, we both had to grieve the loss of our original business Mm -hmm. and, you know, just different things that have happened up and down throughout the years. Um, One of the definitions I have for forgiveness, Al, is giving up the possibility of a better past. Yeah. And that really makes me think of you when I hear you talk about grief
1: Mm -hmm.
0: is when you talked about the the potential for the person who lost a marriage, for example, 25 years ago Mm -hmm. and 25 years later, they may be grieving. Well, I thought I would be in this place. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you look at what's going on right now. I talked to a friend recently and she's like, I thought I would be in a different place by 40 this is not what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And not just because of the pandemic, just because of how life is in general for her right now. Yeah. Um, our friends that have lost job titles, as you said, or maybe even lost children, unfortunately, prematurely, or just all of these different things. And so I really want to get to your anchors because I think they're just really imperative. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, I think many of us may have heard of the stages of grief How do your anchors correlate to the stages of grief? And let's go through the anchors.
1: Let me say this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of individuals, including myself, in the past that took a lot of time explaining the stages of grief, but there's an error in the stages of grief. The stages of grief was created for individuals who were dying. Wow. Yes. So it's totally different. Wow. I never knew that. Yep. I'm a, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. You know, I literally had to dig deep and the lady who's created it, and I cannot remember her name right now, says, has articles upon articles upon articles that explain that same thing. It was for individuals who were dying and going through that experience of being shocked that they were told that they were dying and all those steps. So when you ask me that questions, my anchors are totally different.
0: Because they're for the living.
1: They're for the living. So when I developed the anchors, I developed these anchors, one anchor to represent the boat that my parents came through to keep me grounded. And anchoring down in your emotions because too many times what I find is that our individuals running away from their emotions without sometime taking the time to anchor down. When I think about Brandy Harvey and what she said, she went to a quiet retreat, right?
0: Uh-huh. A silent retreat, yeah. Silent in, the
1: rich in, in the mountains to anchor down in her emotions, right? And so- The truth is, is the very first anchor. The ability to tell the truth about your heartache is freedom. To really sit down and say, ooh, I'm the one who messed up that relationship because of what I did. Instead of planting blame on somebody else, that's freedom and Uh grieving your own behavior.
0: Oh, that's good. That makes me think of, I used to always say personal finance is about personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until yes, there was a whole recession going on. And it was awful during that time. For many of us, we remember 2007 through nine, in particular, very clearly, and it's a gears for many of us to rebound, right? Yep. But it wasn't until like 2008, maybe a year after everything had really started to turn upside down for me, that it hit me like I cannot point the blame at everything and everyone else when there are decisions I could have made differently. Mm -hmm. And like you said, freedom. Once I took personal responsibility, like I could finally move forward. But as long as I stayed in like, you know, blaming it on everybody else, I just Mm -hmm. felt a little stuck, Mm -hmm. a lot stuck.
1: And someone may be thinking right now, Patrice, how could I take personal responsibility in the death of the loved one that I love? Well, isn't that God? This is where the truth would come in for you. Tell God you're upset. Too many of us think that God can't handle our questions and our emotions. The truth of the matter is, he knows what you're feeling before you even know. Yeah. So tell the truth. And then the, the second one is that heartache. What breaks your heart? On the podcast today that I released, I talk with my, one of my best friends, Ismay, about the first time our heart broke together. Our best friend died 24 years ago. And we went into detail and we had the conversation for the very first time in years. And a lot of stuff came up for us. So after the interview, we still had to process and we're still processing. Mm -hmm. that's why grief has no time frame allow the flare-ups to come and because you are told the truth about it you're now aware of it and then you can do the step to get you to a place of restoration in it the third anchor is power power in community the connection anchor yep there is power in community Connecting with someone who sees you, hears you, and validate your feelings. That's power. It's not for me to provide advice to some of my clients. Sometimes it's just saying, I see you. Mm. I hear you. I validate what you're saying. I'm not looking for truths or False. I'm looking at your experiences and trying to help you process it from your lens, not mine.
0: Um, I think um I'm seeing the power of the connection anchor even now as we are in purpose to platform. Mm-hmm. You know, for many people who are who who instantly you talked about, you know, maybe having money mindset challenges earlier mm-hmm. or just the different things that come up, because as an entrepreneur in particular, whether it's a side thing or a full-blown business, when all of this stuff started, people started to panic, mm-hmm. and you know, like, well, should I be charging? Should I even say anything? Should I keep pursuing this? Maybe I need to stop. Maybe I need to right. And because of community, yep, I'm seeing, you know, the the that panic turns to more of a peaceful, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Let me find my process to get through this. How can I still be moving forward? Which is why I said, too, I don't judge people who are like, I need to sit this out. But I'm also not going to judge myself harshly for saying, hey, guys, let's like let's shift. Maybe we need to pivot. Maybe we need to adjust some things. But let's keep going forward, because I feel like if you don't have that voice and you actually want it or need it
1: Mm -hmm. without
0: community. There would be, you know, the, the 35, 40 women that we have, many of them would be somewhere by themselves going, man, I worked, like you said, with wife in it. I worked for this and now I feel like it's all gone.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: I thought that I had, you know, something that I could use or something I could do. I thought this is what God called me to do. And now this is happening. Maybe mm-hmm. the call, maybe that's not what I heard. Yeah. And if you're not in community where people can help normalize that,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and say, no, I see, I see what your fear is. I hear what you're saying, but there is an alternative if you want it. Yep. Cause you, cause I mean, sometimes like you talked about Brandy and the silent retreat, or even how you had to back up a little bit, even when you were mastering momentum and take that time. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know when you should be processing by yourself and when you need community because aren't there isn't there a time and place for both of
1: those yes there is but there's a thing that I call whisper and you know what I call whisper when you understand that my daughter Tamar taught me that this the mess on the outside the only way you can clear it up is by looking on the inside and saying the inside is cute And because the inside is cute of me, I can hear my whisper. And I can hear what my whisper is saying. My whisper represents God. He tells me when to go into community. He tells me when to be by himself, just like Brandy. She knew it when it was time to go by herself. I think she even said someone in her family member was like, what? They were questioning her. Mm -hmm. But your whisper never lies to you. The distraction with the mess out there becomes a distraction. So you can't hear your whisper. Yeah. So because I was at a place where although it's messy on the outside, I'm cute on the inside. I have that peace that Tamar has taught me. I could hear my whisper. And one of the things I have to say is I'm really good in ask. I know how to ask for help. Girl, I, yes, you do. I know how to raise my hand. <laughs> I don't want to know it all. It's boring. Life will be boring. I prayed. I prayed for this, Patrice. I have a community of wisdom sisters. Just yesterday, I was telling, I went on live and I said, I'm selling my wife it shirts, right? And my cousin went on live with me, Evna. And she was like, I want a shirt. Mind you, she's not even married. She was like, I want a wife it in shirt. I said, okay, cuz. She sends me the money. She sends me the money. Then I said, what size you want? She said, no, I just wanted to bless you. I see what you're doing and you're really walking in your gift. That's the power of sisterhood. Mm -hmm. And the reason I prayed for a sister group like we have in Purpose to Platform or Mastery Momentum is because I realized not a lot of people have sisters like me or a wisdom circle like me. As a matter of fact, the first time you'll probably ever hear my voice on your podcast was I asked you a question. Mm-hmm. Who was in your wisdom circle? My birthday episode. Yep. 2018. Yep. I remember. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's having that community. Let me tell you something about the community. You know what I love about the community? We leave our Friday meetings sometimes with no edges. Wow. <laughs> Because I lost my edges from Tiffany the last, last Friday, right? She was like, we didn't send you to go do that. You have a responsibility to go complete your, your course, to go complete your webinar. So now I've banned myself from Slack for two (laughs) weeks to get my, my, um, work done. And so my edges can come back, but I know it's in love. Yeah. I know it's in love. I just love it. I think there is power in community. And that's why I want to dispel that myth that individuals should grieve alone.
0: I I know for myself, too, back in the day when my son passed prematurely after five hours and I wanted to do grief counseling the hospital suggested like these groups. Mm -hmm. First, I tried like an online group and I I just felt like there was no structure back Mm -hmm. then. It was just not as structured and people were saying all kinds of things that I didn't feel comfortable with. So I found a group at my church where people were grieving the loss of a 25 year old son Mm -hmm. or grieving the loss of a wife who died unexpectedly and all these Mm -hmm. things. Um, And that group really helped, you know, just knowing that I wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. And knowing that how I was feeling was normal because I I felt when I was by myself, I remember feeling like it's not like I had him like I had him. He lived for five hours, but it's not like I raised him. Right. So I was judging my grief against, well, this man was married for 13 years Mm -hmm. and this lady had her son for 25 years and you know, I was just judging, which I think sometimes we do because we're kind of groomed. I know that I was groomed to always think about, well, somebody got it worse. Mm -hmm. And so when you think somebody has it worse, it it makes you want to negate what you're experiencing. And you're like, well, she lost her son after 25 years. At least it was just five hours. And until I went through the entirety of that process which i think it was like six or eight weeks or something but until i went through that process and understood oh but i had already envisioned this child's whole life i had already envisioned taking my son to his first day of kindergarten mm-hmm. and i had already envisioned gerald and i in in our baby dressed in the similar color you know like dressed alike and i had already envisioned all these things So I was grieving what I had dreamed my new normal would be as a first time mom. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I don't think there's no way I know at that time, there's no way I could have come out with the same level of peace and expectation that God still had something for me without going through the group and learning just that I was normal and that what I was experiencing was normal i couldn't have done that by myself had i stayed cooped up in my condo Mm -mm. y'all might never have ever heard my name that like i really think that that would have been the worst thing for me was to do try to do it by myself so for you the faith anchor is also fourth and what does that really what does that really mean for redefining grief
1: truth without reservation Mm -hmm. i am going to anchor down And not be occupied on what he's doing behind the scenes. I am going to believe. I am going to do what I need to do. Because what happens with the faith sometimes, we do what everybody else is doing. Instead of doing what you need to do to connect with your creator. Yes. How I connect with my creator, Patrice, is totally different how you connect, how I speak to God is totally different. How you speak to God, we speak different languages. So if I try to speak to God, like you, he can't hear me. Uh
0: Uh He can't hear
1: me. And so it's trusting without reservation, without walls, without, well, if you do this for me, just trust.
0: It's like what you said about your garden, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the farmer plants the seed and trusts Mm -hmm. that there's going to be a harvest. Now we can't see what's going on under the ground, Mm -hmm. but a part of having faith is just believing that there's something going on under there, even when I can't see it with my naked eye. Mm -hmm. And that's how I visualize my faith as well. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things that I said about 2020 You know, from the beginning, people kept saying, What did you do? What's your big thing this year? What's your big thing this decade? And honestly, I've been like, for the first time in many years, I've been like, I don't, I didn't have an agenda. Mm -hmm. You know, my agenda was to be obedient and move as the Spirit led me, but I didn't have this like five point plan for all the things. I said, Mm -hmm. I don't know what this year holds. I don't know what this decade holds, but I know that God holds me. Mm -hmm. And someone asked me yesterday, so how are you feeling about 2020 now? 2020 is canceled over here. I'm like, 2020 is not canceled for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what this year had in store. I just know that I trust God mm-hmm. and that he holds it. So similarly, especially right now for many of us, there's so much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on under the surface. I don't know when I'm gonna be allowed outside. I don't know when it'll be safe to go back in large groups of people. Like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know but my faith tells me Mm -hmm. that I still know for me that God is real and that God holds me.
1: Yep.
0: But I think the ability to get there is while we may not have the exact same practice, having a practice Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that creates connection is imperative right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's imperative. And one of my things, you know, that I would say is that I feel like resilience is, one of my my superpowers, but my resilience is just rooted in my faith
1: because
0: mm-hmm. my faith keeps telling me to get, up, to get back up, to get back up, to get back up, to get out of bed, you know, to whatever I'm feeling. My faith says, okay, I respect how you're feeling and you're entitled to feel, mm-hmm. but I also have something for you to do and I have people for you to serve. So yep. when you're done, need you to come on over. Yes. <laughs> and, and The faith anchor, I love it. It it had to be in there.
1: It had to. It had to be in there because if I don't, if I didn't have faith, I wouldn't be with the husband that I have now. If I didn't have faith, I wouldn't have the children that I have now. Because what we were told as kids, girl, they ain't no such thing as a good black man. And I would rebuke them as a child. I'm going to find me a good black man. You know, ask my girlfriends, one of my good girlfriends, Malayne, she, she called me one time and this is before she said, I'm just so proud of you. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm just so proud of you. You no, there is nothing you don't decide to do that you won't do. You're not afraid of failing. You're not afraid of people laughing at you. You just do you. And I wish I can feel all special and I take it in. I do receive it, but on the inside, fear has been my motivation. Why? Because every time I see a hearse, I know one day I'm going to be in it. Mm. And so I'm going to do what I need to do emotionally. Because if I don't, my emotions are going to trip me into a grave fool and not have used any of my gifts say that again my emotions my unresolved issues are going to trip me into a grave fool Mm. not have used any of my gifts that's scary for me so you can laugh you can do what you want to do But one thing you can't say, her Dean is not living her best life. I know what darkness is. I've been there and Mm -hmm. I'm not going back. So I have no other choice but to anchor in my faith.
0: Amen. Amen. That's been one of mine too. I want to die empty. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die knowing that I gave my all, that I tried everything that was on my heart to try you know, that I serve the people that I felt called to serve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And my prayer every day is God use me. Yep, Use me. That's been my prayer, girl. When I tell you mm-hmm. at least 11, 12 years consistently, mm-hmm. God use me. I don't know what it's supposed to look like. And to the point of, yeah, I'm probably going to end up in spaces where I could be laughed out. Mm-hmm. I could be You know, I have been in in rooms where I was looking around like, how did I get here? Like, (laughs) Like, how did I get this call? I didn't have the maybe the education yet or the social status or the profile or the platform. And yet a way has been made. Mm -hmm. Um, And I and I really do believe it's because my prayer is God use me. Mm -hmm. I've surrendered. Yep you know, surrendered my idea of what life should be for whatever, (laughs) like whatever comes up at the time it comes up. Let's do the last one. And I promise I'll let you go because, you know, I love you. I talk to you all day. Um, The last one is the restoration anchor. So what's that one about?
1: The restoration anchor is saying emotional well-being. Emotional well-being. And when you hear restoration, you think, going back to its normal state, right? No. Really? I don't. What do you think?
0: When I hear restoration, I hear a new normal. I hear embracing like allowing myself to have an, a new version. And I think I I think of that because you you know this. Mm-hmm. Um, Gerald and I experienced infidelity mm-hmm. and the program that we went through and the process that we went through taught me that if I made it through, what I would experience was not going back to my old marriage. Mm-hmm. It would be to have a new marriage. And that's why I tell people, you know, I don't think we've talked about it openly on this podcast, mm-hmm. but when I'm talking to people individually, especially women who, you know, DM me and talk about that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I was telling them you can decide not to decide anything in this moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not deciding is a decision, but restoration for you could look like a completely different marriage. So that was around the eight year mark in my marriage that that happened. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the, res- the, the restored version of my marriage. Technically, I've been married mm-hmm. 12 years, mm-hmm. but in my new marriage to the mm-hmm. same husband, I've been married like three and a half years. And this marriage is way better than the first one.
1: But you know, I got to tell you, coach, you would know what restoration is because you seek wisdom everywhere you go, sis. Mm-hmm. But the calm, when people hear it, they don't think, it, oh, she's trying to make us, with grief, you can't go back. Mm. restoration in my anchors, my philosophy is saying, going to a place of peace that God created for you. That's what it is. And I remember when you and Gerald on the podcast, um, the couples council, when you did the interview for us, and I remember thinking, I'm just so proud of them. Like, I'm so proud of them. And them being able to have this issue, discuss it, help other couples out on our podcast. And we got so much feedback from that. Um, And just think, and to see what you have now, I love it. You know, my twin.
0: I I know, that's why I call you Geraldine. Obviously a vital part of this whole thing, (laughs) but I really believe and I hope what, is taken away from the anchors. But as you, as we are going through all types of grief, like grieving the normalcy we once had, grieving our schedules, grieving our labels, our titles, our routines, um, all the things, understanding that this time can also produce a new normal that is so much more glorious than what we can conceive right now. Because in the moment of learning about the infidelity mm-hmm. in the moment, in the, in the weeks and months that followed subsequently. Right. In the whole discovery period, understanding what happened and all these things. Yes. I was grieving because I, I thought I had a great marriage. So, you know, we were best friends and we, we like, there was no sign for me, honestly, like, mm-hmm that would send off a red flag that anything was happening. And so in that moment, yes, I'm grieving like, oh, I want to go back. I want to go back. But our marriage counselors who told me, no, you're not going back. You're moving forward. Mm -hmm. This is new. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, I would not have chosen to go through that experience. Mm -hmm. But now, honestly, on the other side, oh, my gosh, what a gift. Mm -hmm. There is no way we could have, I don't know, I don't believe there would have been another way for us to develop the level of intimacy Mm -hmm. and communication Mm -hmm. and the friendship has just gone to a completely different level. Mm -hmm. Like it is a thousand times better Mm -hmm. than before. And I know when you're in the midst of something, you're like, oh, hell no, (laughs) right? You're like, I don't believe that. This is awful. And I'm saying that to invite people into The possibility Mm -hmm. that once you go through these anchors, right, once you tell the truth Mm -hmm. and, you know, get to the core of what's breaking your heart Mm -hmm. and, you know, get some community around you and connection and really get rooted in your faith. There is the possibility that the other side of this pandemic is going to show you a better version of your life, of your circumstances, of your relationships, of yourself that may not have been possible in the same way before. Mm
1: -hmm. But you know what? One of the most powerful things that I realized, Patrice, that can't happen until you get silence and start asking the hard questions. So when you're ready to tell the truth, when you're ready to do the hard work, when you're ready to connect, when you're ready to do the faith walk, you'll get to a place of restoration, but you gotta be willing to do the work. See, I was willing to be stretched. I could have gone in your DM and you totally turned me away. But I had to be obedient to what he said to do. The day that we were at podcast movement and I was like, oh my God, this is gonna end. And I looked up at you. I remember God saying, ask her, ask her. And I was like, Uh, Patrice, um, do you have you ever thought um of doing a mastermind group, huh? Yeah, have you ever thought? (laughs) And then I think we talked about it, and you you began shaking your head. You know, I thought about it.
0: Yeah, you were my confirmation. Yeah, because I thought about it in 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 complete disobedience. I brushed it off. I was like, God, that not like work. Oh, mm." and. And then, of course, you kept bringing it up. So (laughs) here we are two cycles later.
1: (laughs) And I must tell the truth. You know, if I'm talking about preaching about it, I got to tell the truth. Oh, yeah. I signed up. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, "Um, I just the weight of signing up. Man, oh, God, I'm really going to have to work because I've invested this money. But what about if I fail? I need to back out. I need to back out. I can't do this. Oh my God, I can't. We're sacrificing to do this. And we're making what Jameson said, calculated risk. You know, Mm -hmm. he's the numbers guy. I try to stay away from them, but I'm trying to make, I'm (laughs) trying to learn how to make love to numbers now. Okay. 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 (laughs) And then I said, I got to back out. I I just can't. And I called you. I don't even know how we talk. I was like, I don't think I can do this. And you got back on. That's the power of community. And you said, her Dean, like, what do you have to lose? I was like, girl, you don't feel my anxiety. You don't feel my heart. You don't feel. And the truth is, I was afraid. What if this doesn't work? Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be heartbroken that this didn't work. And here we are two years later. Mm-hmm. I've built how many business? I'm <laughs> leadership. I have finally looked at my husband and said, honey, I'm stepping away from the couples council podcast. To do me. This is my life calling. And I have his full support. I said, I'll be a guest. Just invite me, you know, send an email. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I was born to do. It is.
0: And I have witnessed you do it. And, you know, if you're a coach out there and you are looking for someone to facilitate a session around grief for your communities, I have witnessed her dean crack some strong nuts. And I mean, because your ability to create a safe judgment-free zone is real. And I've watched women tell the truth about some things they've experienced in their lives, maybe traumas from childhood allowed, they allowed it to come out in the safety of community. Mm-hmm. And I've watched how they have flourished on the other side. Mm-hmm. Like as their coach, I have watched Okay, they finally let out this thing that they said they hadn't told their husbands, their children didn't know, this person didn't know. And I watched how that freedom created a trickle in their lives and how it's opened up so many doors and and just done so much um, woman after woman. Mm -hmm. And so I really do invite people to check her Dean Mercier out even if you have to do it virtually right now, mm-hmm. this there's still an opportunity because this stuff is powerful and we only really scratch the surface. The way that you navigate in those small groups and those settings are really powerful. And it's, um, you know, I already told you every time I do a Mastery Momentum, you're coming.
1: Yes, I know, ma'am. I know. Yeah, and
0: you're, I mean, it just is what it is.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm coming. Okay, I have to let you go, but I
0: have to ask you some rapid wisdom questions first. Yes, ma'am. You ready? Yes. All right.
1: How do you define success? I define success by knowing how to say goodbye. There is power in learning how to say goodbye. Like Patrice, although I don't want to, someday I'm going to have to say goodbye to you. You're going to have to cut the umbilical cord you know, I'm going to have to leave the nest yeah. before I even got on. I'm like, you know, I just like being the student. I don't, <laughs> I don't really want to be out here, but I'm going to have to say goodbye. But while I have you, baby, I'm going to appreciate you. I'm going to give you your flowers while you are alive. So success for me is saying, I know one day I have to say goodbye. And the only way I can ease the pain of saying goodbye is creating genuine relationships where we can flourish together and seek wisdom.
0: That's so good. That was good. How do you define wealth in three words or less?
1: Bye. (laughs) That's it. I have to say bye to the things that hurt me. Mm -hmm. I have to say bye to the ability of trying to get what was. So wealth for me is saying goodbye, bye to those things so that I can get to a place of restoration. I've seen too many people at funerals with their shoulda, coulda, woulda. I wish I called you back. I wish I replied to a text. I wish I communicated because they're tripped up on the idea that you're going to be here forever. Right. Wow. No.
0: That's powerful. Um, Okay. What's one book that has redefined how you see wealth?
1: (sighs) How I see wealth. For me, it goes to Believe Bigger Mm -hmm. by Marshawn Evans Daniel. Mm -hmm. Discover the path to your purpose.
0: Mm. I love it. And you're going to fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is.
1: My name is Herdine Mercier. And the truth about wealth is, it is important to seek wisdom so that you can leave a legacy of wisdom and pass it down from generation to generation. I love it. Thank you, Herdeen. You're welcome, coach. (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, my gosh. Thank you for it all. You're you're just you know, you already know. I, I don't even have to say it, but I'm going to just say it publicly because I tell you all the time how much I adore you mm-hmm. and how much you've added to my life and to the communities. You're just a light. You're light. And I've had the chance to laugh at you singing and dancing and you don't care. (laughs) You know, and I'm learning from you. I'm learning from you um, in that arena, not to even just like to enjoy, to enjoy the time I have with my family, to enjoy the time that I get to spend in this way, because I do believe purpose evolves. I don't know what God has for me, you know, down the line, but I know while I'm in this season. One of the gifts that you gave us at Mastery Momentum One sits in front of my desk and I see it all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just a reminder to enjoy Mm -hmm. what I get to do, who I get to be, how I get to serve in this moment. Mm -hmm. And I am grateful that January 2018, you ran across that ad. It wasn't just Mm -hmm. for you. It was for me too.
1: Mm -hmm. Aw. So thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you to you and Jameson.
0: All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Her Dean is just full of wisdom, and I just love her passion for what she does. Anyone who was thinking about you know, loss this way from such a young age, you know that they were they were meant to do this type of work. There's a reason that it was very prominent for her. I also want to make sure that you know that Dean has a masterclass coming up next week for anyone who is really feeling like you need you need some support, you need some support and healing and you want to know more about her pillars and how you can get through whatever grief you may be experiencing at this point in time. So I want to encourage you to go over to herdeenmercier.com. That's herdeanmercier.com. In particular, go to a forward slash masterclass, herdeanmercier.com forward slash masterclass. She has a new training that's coming up and it's all about unlocking your purpose by healing unresolved grief. And I really do believe that not enough of us take time to heal those unresolved things. One of the things you may have heard me say before is just that, you know, your business will only grow to the extent you're willing to heal. Uh, Monique Coleman got that quote from somewhere and she said it in an episode here on redefining wealth and it has just stuck with me over and over again. And I think about had I not healed some of my childhood trauma, much of my childhood trauma, really how I couldn't be who I am today. And that is that connection between grief, trauma, and the wealth and purpose that you might desire. Sometimes you have to go back and heal those things. is teaching her masterclass. Her name is spelled H-E-R-D-Y-N-E-M-E-R-C-I-E-R.com forward slash masterclass. I really encourage you to check it out. Get some tools. It's going down next week. So get on top of it. Get on top of it. And if you're listening to this well after the original air date, um, from what I understand, she's going to have the replay up or she'll have new masterclasses going regularly to make sure that you can get the support that you need. So check out herdeanmercier.com and also find her on Instagram. Let her know what you learned from this episode. You can also hit me up in social media, Seek Wisdom PCW. I'm at Seek Wisdom PCW, primarily on Instagram. Let me know what you thought. Um, let me know anything. I, you guys send so many messages in the DMs, just sharing. And I love to encourage you there as well. So Instagram is the best place to find me. And until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later.